Welcome to the podcast that's dedicated to helping business owners prepare for exit so that you can maximize the value of your business and exit on your own terms. This is the Exit Insights podcast presented by Succession Plus. I'm Daryl Bates-Brownsort and today I'm talking to Andre Abbey Award. Welcome Andre and uh, thanks for joining us today. Thank you Darren. <laughs> My pleasure. Now Andre, you have sold your business in May last year I believe. Yep. Um, digital. Why don't you give us a bit of a, a heads up around the type of business you're in and um, and we'll, we'll take things from there if you like. Great. So uh, I started my business in 2012. Uh, it was first uh, dedicated to create marketing and sales funnels to our clients. In 2017, we introduced a platform that uh, we partnered with another uh, two developers who were part of our business to create a platform that uh, creates lead acquisition for uh, companies uh, by individual, by salespeople on LinkedIn. In uh, 2018, we restructured the company. I'm going to talk about that later when one of my senior people became uh, uh, the partner in the business. And uh, at the end, we sold it. Uh, we we focused because we pivoted many times during our business. Uh, at the end, we sold it. It was lead acquisition for SaaS companies, software as a service. We sold it to another company who deal also with SaaS clients. Okay. So did it start out? So what I'm really interested in is is the story of of entrepreneurs, business owners, the journey of 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 their business. So I think 2012, you said you started. Yes. Um, what was your mindset when you started the business? Did you have a vision, an end goal of, of what you were hoping to create? Or you know, sometimes people tell me that they sort of fell into something and it just it grew and, they, and the opportunities. What was your mindset at the beginning? Well, Daryl, I, uh, personally, I'm a trainer and advisor for entrepreneurs and business owners. I've been doing that for 15 years, since 2008 and uh, in 54 countries, my clients in 54 countries as incubators, accelerators, or entrepreneurs themselves and business owners. Uh, in parallel, since I was 16, uh, I used to do uh, web development. I still have my web hosting company since 2005. And when the social media started to appear, uh, I started with uh, the support of friends and freelancers to offer social media management back in 2008. And in 2010, right. we had a big client, and then we lost that client by uh, just a single word. He said, we want to stop our work together because the daughter of the owner is going to start handling our social media. And she was a graphic designer student, not even graduated. So I don't like competition, and I don't like when I'm in a red ocean. So I took the time from 2010 till 2012 to figure out how I can upgrade my services and offer something in a blue ocean. So I came to the marketing funnels, sales funnels back in 2012. It wasn't that uh, common. And I started offering it also using friends and freelancers. I was the solo person in the business. Actually, the first, uh, the first employee I started uh, my company with was hired in 2016, January 2016, when I figured that I got some big clients and I wanted to grow a team. That was 2016. Then fast forward in 2017, uh, after Facebook introduced the lead, uh, the lead uh, Facebook ads. So people started 
noticing that there's something called lead and then you you convert them to clients and so on. We wanted to also upgrade our services. Uh, in March 2017, I was in Johannesburg, South Africa. I met with two developers from Serbia and Croatia, and we uh, decided on working together with a lead acquisition platform on LinkedIn. In May 2017, we started offering that. They became also partners in the business because they didn't want to sell the platform as is. And uh, fast forward 2018, I, uh, uh, I promoted one of the senior uh, people in my business to become partner in the business, but it was under conditions. And he got uh, two new clients in a new country. It was Kuwait uh, back then. And in November, and the, my main purpose then, because I used to work with business owners on their exit strategy, my main purpose in 2018 was to stop being involved in the day-to-day -day operations. So on my birthday, I remember 25 November 2018, uh, Roy, the partner, uh, told me my gift was not to come anymore to the business because the business is going to be running with him. And that was the continuation. We're going to talk about that later. Okay, so just trying to piece it together, like you started, so it sounds like you, you started at a young age as a teenager with a web development company. You, 2012, you know, some things happened and, and then you know, the, the current business in its early uh, model, 2012 to 2016, I think you were operating without employees. Yes. Um, so you changed the business model. So your thinking starting to, to evolve um, to get, I guess, more control of the business, to get some growth, uh, to manage that growth. So you've got some employees in the business. Yeah. At this stage, Andre, was, was it a, uh, a business that was a, an online business that delivered um, its product and service online, or were you um, delivering face-to-face -face at this stage? Well, the reason I employed my first employee is because I got one big client, and he also promised me to get, to get me more big clients. So I said, I can't do that anymore with part-timers, freelancers, and uh, people supporting. So I had to employ my first uh, employee. Uh, the way I used to acquire clients, and that was the way for most of the time, I created a community uh, for entrepreneurs called Entrepreneurship, where I interview and host uh, successful business owners. And when I see that we can benefit them from our services in Digital Smarter, my, my company, I used to go and meet with them and ask them for, for the business. And we also had, that's something uh, additional I need to tell you. When we used to do the marketing funnels, as I said, it wasn't common, at least in my region, because I was doing it in Lebanon and the Arab world and the Middle East. Uh, uh, so we introduced, because it wasn't common, we introduced something in the contract. It was called double bulletproof guarantee. And what does that mean? It means you invest with us for three months. That's the minimum period. And if we don't generate for you double what you paid for us in these three months in sales, we give you back your money. So that was the way I used to go to businesses when I see that they fit and we can add value to their business. So meeting and getting sales was offline from my network most of the time early on. And then uh, the, delivering the work online because it's digital marketing, as I mentioned. Okay, so sales process offline. 
you tapped into the network that you've built over the years through your training and your consulting in, in, in a number of countries. Um, you know, the power of being so sure about your product that you offered a guarantee where you said to clients, hey, look, if, if it doesn't work, we'll, we'll make it worth your while. We'll totally take the risk away for you, which makes it really easy to buy. You were one of the first to market, especially in your region, in, yes. in I guess, identifying emerging, emerging technologies. So you, you, know, you did a land grab, I guess, and, and got in early. And that seems to be a, a theme. As, as the markets evolved, you've, you've identified trends pretty early on and jumped on board because I think you were saying that later you, you moved towards um, you know, LinkedIn marketing and, and specifically you know, you know, and, and Facebook marketing you know, when you know, Facebook first started to, to go down those, those marketing and, and offering ads and doing some marketing in those social, social media platforms. And then you said something that I found really interesting is that you started focusing on SaaS platforms and, and, and products that um, offer, offer you know, their product for basically software as a service or SaaS based. Mm -hmm. Why the, the, the adoption of, of SaaS products, Andre? What, what led to that? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm suspecting there, there's another market opportunity there that you've jumped on. Yeah, I'll also, I'll also take you through the journey. So. Uh, first, when we used to offer the double bulletproof guarantee, uh, we made sure that our our clients have high profit margin. So we know that yeah. the, the strategy, I'm not going to go through the lead acquisition and the funnels strategy, but uh, we made sure that they have high ticket, uh, high profit margin because and also high ticket in order for them to afford us first and then uh, for us to deliver this value. Uh, during the years, we discovered that we don't have to uh, get clients who have products. Having clients who have services, we have better strategies for them. So also we pivoted to deliver our, uh, our, our service for companies who have services, not only uh, products. And in 2021, uh, early 2021, we had our clients, as I, uh, I didn't mention that on this interview, uh, our clients were in 11 countries in 2021. So uh, that, that was one of the reasons we sold the business because the acquirer uh, got the portfolio of our clients, not only the platform that we've created. So uh, in 2021, one of our clients, he was, uh, they were in Saudi Arabia and they got funding like millions, their series A funding. And suddenly, because we work with accounts, so with every salesperson, we do the lead generation for them. So suddenly we were working with seven and now we're working with 20 within like two weeks. So we, we just investigated that. So what happened? We, we discovered they got, they got the funding, they started expanding and so on. So me and my partner and the senior people in the business, we said, this happened with us, with another client, another country, but not that. Uh, that level like they were three and then they became five or six uh, when they got a small funding so why not work with SaaS businesses because they have the probability and the opportunity actually to have funding and expand their team and that was the, the uh, that was uh, the ignition of the idea of focusing on SaaS early 2021 and then during the year we had one of our clients in Egypt and he said, guys, you work with SaaS companies. 
and uh, I work with another company who, who gives me services that you don't provide. Why not work together and get introduced? Maybe you refer to each other. We said, yes, why not? And they, they are those who acquired us later on. Okay. So identified the opportunity that, hey, look, early on, always work with clients who uh, were highly profitable so they could afford your services to begin with. Um, and and if they were profitable, they were going to make a, a good margin and a good return. So it just de-risked it for both you and for them. Taking that a step further, you've gone, hang on a sec, SaaS companies have, have you know, more likely to get some good funding. SaaS companies need lots of online marketing to really crank up their growth and, and scale their business, which is what their business model is all about. So if we just focus, we're good at that. So let's focus on, on SaaS companies. And that's, that seems to be where our niche is. And then so you've gone, okay, so I've got my business model built around my product and my offering and, and my marketplace. I'm, I'm fine-tuned that fairly well now. The business is growing well. What's the next door product? What's, um, you know, is there a JV or is there some sort of partnership agreement that, you know, if we can control a vertical, um, you know, control our pipeline, then that kind of makes sense as well. And... And did you say that they ended so you, you partnered with this other company and they ended up being the acquirer? Exactly. Actually, I, I came to, to, to my partner and I said, you see, I, I find that there is a lot of synergy between what we offer and what they offer. So how about we acquire them or we check if they would like to acquire us? So he reminded me that in 2018, when I promoted him to be a partner in the business, I, the, the sole purpose was one for me to stop being involved in the day-to-day -day operations by the end of the year. And it happened in 2018. And two was to plan the business to be uh, exitable, to exit the business. So he said, you know what, your, your goal was to exit. So check if we have a good offer, maybe we, we go with it instead of acquiring them, let them acquire us. And that's what happened. Okay, so 2018, you're starting to think about how do I get out of the business from an operational perspective? How do I get an operational exit, if you like? Um, and then, so you were thinking about that and working on that, 2018, and then 22 or 23 did the business actually sell? 22. 22. So about a four-year time period, that sort of fits our template you know, it takes three to four years to really get ready for, for an exit. So so you followed the, the template succession out of the operations and then and then exit the business. You brought a business partner in, mentored, promoted him up um, to be running the business so that you knew it was in a safe pair of hands. Um, and then the you know that enabled you to have the strategic conversations and work at a strategic level at a, a value, yeah, as in working on the valuation side of the business work with this partnership and then you said well hey either we buy you or you buy us type of um, conversation in terms of size where of the of the two businesses was there much difference well in terms of revenue they had more revenue than us because they offered uh, more services and at a higher fee uh, from us but in terms of geographical uh, reach we had more than more than they did more than that they do so we had we were in 11 countries they were only in four 
Okay, so it was a good strategic fit for them because they they already had a wider product offering. So they're they're effectively buying distribution. They're buying reach to a whole lot of new markets. So uh, uh, yeah, that made it more of a strategic um, acquisition for them. Exactly. Okay, so so conversations pursued. You're 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 starting to develop conversations with these guys. How did you decide, you know, that, you know, either we buy you or, or you buy us? What, how did that conversation go? Well, uh, as I mentioned, after I talked to my partner, he said, let's see what, what they are willing to offer us if they are interested. And we built that, uh, let's say, friendly relationship because we were referring to them and they were referring to us all all. Almost they were upselling, upselling and cross-selling our services and their services. And there was synergy. And this is very important, by the way, to have synergy specifically with the values of each company. We had we had same values and with the vision of where to go, how to grow and so on. So when when we did that, that discussion, uh, we offered the value that we offered is the channels in 11 countries where we had already existing clients. Uh, we sustained, we uh, retained them for a long time and the platform that they didn't have. So the service that we used to offer, they don't offer. So we, we offered that because my my team, and this is also another point, my team did not want to continue working uh, in the business after we sell it because the, the client also was interested in the portfolio and the platform. So the technology and the portfolio of clients. In addition, there's also one point to add, a lot, a lot of things to cover here. Uh, one, one point to add, after the things to work out with, with Roy in 2018, as I mentioned, the condition was to close clients in Kuwait in order for him to get the partnership. He got two clients back then. And then we, we discussed it like at the end of the year, maybe we create this as a system or a process where if every employee gets two clients in a new country and sustain them for three months at least, uh, retain them for three months at least, we give them a share in the business. So out of the 12 employees that we've had when we, when we sold the business, everyone had a share in the business and that was the magic of it so uh, to go back to your question the the acquisition was uh, for the talent and for the platform and the portfolio uh, how the things were uh, how the things went it was offering them the value of the business so if they just upsell and cross sell with our clients was the value for them and 11 new countries uh, out of which three they were present in out of the 11. So uh, that was a good deal for them. Okay. So how did they value the business? How did they value the platform and the, and the system that, that you developed? Um, and did they see any risk? You know, was the, if you had, um, you know, I think, 12 people always some sort of equity stake in the business, um, did you have some sort of shareholder agreement where, you know, if, if you, the, the primary shareholder, had decided to sell that, that they couldn't prevent that or, you know, they had to come along with that sale? Amazing question because uh, everyone in the business, because after after my first partner, Roy, as the, who I told you about, uh, and we agreed that we want to exit the business. So every employee who 
became partners, a minor share in the business, also signed an agreement that they won't leave the business when we exit because the plan is to exit the, to exit the business. And by the way, we had an earn out of six months, me and, and my partner, but the business was running on processes. So mainly employees became after 2018, they became only the account managers and the sales uh, people to get more clients and to onboard people. But the work, the lead management was happening on the platform that we've created in 2017. So everything was according to SOPs, according to systems and processes. And this is very important because first, it increases the yeah. value of the business. Second, it helps you onboard people whenever you are hiring. And third, it helps the acquirer to make sure that things will continue operating whenever you're leaving because everything was systemized and everything was clear uh, to do that. So the, the earnout was very short, by the way, because sometimes it's longer than this. It was very short oh, yeah. because the transition was very smooth. Uh, they only worried about if clients will leave just because we are leaving. And we already countered that because uh, clients were not there just because they have relationship with the owners or the partners. They were there only for the service and the value we were bringing. So we were only uh, a channel between the value and the client. So you had everyone, all of the employees were involved in um, client acquisition, so sales and servicing clients. The platform did all the delivery for them. It was very much a systemized approach. So very consistent, repeatable, reliable results. Once you demonstrated it to the clients, you could demonstrate good, reliable results. That also gave comfort to the acquirers, the people who are looking to buy the business that, hey, the business really didn't have any dependence on the, the owners the, the or the main founders and, and owners of the business. So therefore, you know, the, 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 the forecast of ongoing revenue would keep, um, keep going as per the forecast. You know, that was a reliable forecast. So you de-risked it from that perspective. All the employees were locked in that they wouldn't leave. So that gave the new owners that de-risked it for them again. Um, and, and so they were able to assess a valuation of the business mm. um, with a, a minimal earnout requirement, which I'm, yeah, is now complete by the sounds of it. So what were some of the other risks to this deal, Andre? What, what were some of the risks? We, we've looked at the risk of um, employees leaving, you'd lock them in, you'd, looked, you'd, you'd address the risk of um, owners by having a totally systemized approach. When you were in negotiations with the acquirers, what were some of the, the concerns and questions they, they were asking about? Well, uh, I guess I didn't, I didn't answer completely your previous question. Uh, you talked about how we valued the business and that was part of also the risk. So uh, the value was one, because of the platform, it will take them time to uh, develop the platform. We had intellectual property for it, as I mentioned, the two developers from Serbia and Croatia. So that was one and it had value. And two, the value was the channels that we uh, created in these 11 countries and the existing clients that if they upsell them, how much value would they bring in profit uh, to the business? So the challenge here and the negotiation and the give and take and the all, all the numbers coming because I don't like the numbers when the CFO comes to that part. 
was about the valuation and uh, you know everything I, I always say forecast is always wrong and valuation is always wrong so there's no right valuation we always say valuation is what the client the buyer is is ready to 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 uh, to pay so yeah actually the risk here was uh, seeing the right value from both perspectives and also negotiating uh, the, 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 the number, negotiating the number between both of us. That took like some time and uh, handing over everything, uh, showing them our revenue, our books, showing them also uh, each client how long they were, they were with us and uh, how long we retained them. Showing them our uh, operations, uh, processes, SOPs, and so on. So that was that took a little bit of time. Okay, so a bit of bit of negotiation backwards and forwards, demonstrating the value, demonstrating the lifetime value of the clients, and how sticky they were, and how, how they hung around. It sounds like you only had one buyer in in this process, so you know which is great because they were interested but the flip side is there's yeah there's no competitive tension there so uh how did you you know negotiate them up how did you i guess uh, apply some uh let's say encouragement for, for them to increase their number well yes uh, they used it to 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 decrease the valuation a little bit because we didn't have another offer but for us, we, we didn't mind uh, continuing the operation of the business. So we weren't selling because some sometimes founders sell the business because they need cash or uh, they got into a personal problem, illness, whatever it is. But we just wanted to sell it because we found that it can be an opportunity. So uh, we didn't pressure them. They used it against us, of course. They tried to, to manipulate the numbers a little bit. But... Uh, 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 for us, yes, they were the only buyer, and they they used that for us. What what, what was the the exact question? Because I, I I got the memories of that, and I forgot the, the other part. What did you want to know? Given that they were the only buyer in in the deal, and there was no competitive tension because there was only one one horse in the race. Yeah. How did you get them to you know up their valuation and uh, purchase price? Okay, so uh, as I mentioned earlier, they they saw the value in uh, in what we do, the service, because they used to refer clients yeah. to us, and we used to work with that yeah. uh, together. And the value was more into the portfolio. We had a big portfolio of clients in eleven countries, as I mentioned, and taking the time uh, to to go into these countries and develop this client this client base and uh, you know the cost of, of acquisition uh, uh, retaining people uh, retaining clients and so on it has a cost so we played on the value of this portfolio and the value of the platform they can do the platform they are a tech company also they have the technology department but it will take time and it's already there and the main value was the clients and lucky for us our clients, most of our clients were from 2019 till 2022, the same and renewing. So we had few client acquisition in 2020, few client acquisition in 2021, but the bulk of our clients were before 2019, starting 2019. So before 2020, 
the bulk of our clients. So we demonstrated that our clients are not here to leave us. So whenever you get our portfolio, they will stay. And actually, you have the chance to upsell them your services and whatever you have that can complement our service. Okay. All right. So you mentioned that, um, Andre, the, 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 the earnout period, if you like, was only six months. What did they require you um, do? What were there specific projects? Is there the specific hurdles that you needed to uh, uh, achieve, or things that you tasks you needed to complete during that period? Mm -hmm. uh, we only had to uh, first uh, hand over the platform, and they, the technology department they have the tech people they had just to go through it, make sure if they want to amend anything, they understand the code and so on. So that was one. Uh, to hand over the clients and also we had our part first to, to inform our clients that our company was acquired and nothing will change, the service will stay there and uh, they have an opportunity to jump on a call with their uh, salespeople and account managers. We also handed, like each account manager handed their uh, clients to another account manager from that, from that company, so uh, tech and portfolio and they, they needed us to stay just to make sure that people will renew, that's one. If any problem or sometimes clients don't see their emails, if they see that a new company is communicating with them, maybe that will be an issue. So we stay just to make sure we are, uh, uh, we are the front if any uh, miscommunication uh, happen. And, uh, and the legal stuff, of course, like the legal uh, issue. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was the lawyer uh, headache. <laughs> so really just insurance. Okay, Andre. So look, the, the, the process is now complete. You've, you've completed your earn out. You're totally on the other side of this transaction. What do you know now that you wish you'd known before the process had started or what would you do differently? Well, I can say this on air because I've already told it to my team. Uh, I wouldn't give uh, I wouldn't give this much this much equity to people because I was so generous giving equity to my uh, uh, employees. Uh, of course, I got I got equity uh, I got enough equity at the end, but I would have cashed out more. Not being greedy, but later on when I sat down with uh, people who have done it before and who saw what I've done. They said, you are so generous. And I reflected on that and I guess, yes, they, they are uh, they are right. But I don't think, I, I'm not sure. Maybe if I wasn't generous, my, my team wasn't so committed and they, they uh, were able to get us to 11 countries with this much of uh, clients. And another lesson that I'm, I'm doing now because I'm, I'm launching a small startup now also uh, uh, because you can't stop being an entrepreneur when you are an entrepreneur, uh, is hiring the right people and knowing how to hire uh, based on values. This is very important. And uh, because, as I mentioned, uh, Daryl, my team is in Lebanon. And if you just go on the news, you see how many crises we went through in, in Lebanon from the economic, from also the corona and the, the economic crisis. But in Lebanon, we had much, much more on a daily and weekly basis. So hiring people on uh, based on values who uh, respect your vision, especially when you are uh, promoting them to be partners sitting on the table, they need to have the same vision. If not, 
things will go the wrong way. So people, 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 that's my best uh, lesson ever. So uh, following the uh, the strategy of uh, uh, get the culture right and then get the vision right, get people aligned to where you're going as a business, it's so much easier to teach them skills than it is to teach them attitude. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so maybe not so much equity next time um, is, is, is the thing. Is there anything else you would have done different? Like now that you've been through the process that you, you wish you knew before you started the journey? Uh, well, one, one more thing was if we were able, we took a decision not to uh, offer many products, to offer one, uh, which is a service, but we say product because we productized it, uh, to offer one uh, service or product and scale with it. Maybe next time while exiting, we, we need to, uh, before exiting, while planning the exit, we need to increase the customer lifetime value. Uh, by maybe upselling and having different other complementary uh, services because that was very simple our our offering lead acquisitions ruling then and we offered it to everyone to every client so maybe later on we can increase the value of the business by increasing the customer lifetime value okay brilliant so uh expanding the product range brilliant Hey, Andre, I've really enjoyed talking to you and, 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 and hearing your story of how you exited the business and you, you built it up and you evolved it over time and, and the strategy was constantly being refined by taking advantage of the changes in the marketplace. So well done to you. Um, what's the, you know, if, if we were to, to distill our conversation down to, to the one thing, what's the highlight, the key point that you really love listeners to take away from uh, your message today? Well, I would say uh, plan your exit very early and uh, hire people who have your same values and onboard people on the table who have your same vision also, not only values. Brilliant. So make sure everyone's aligned. Um, so they're all paddling in the same direction or you know, everyone's motivated by the, by the same outcomes and get started if you, you know, begin with the end in mind if you're planning an exit you're going to exit the business at some point if you start planning it early you're more likely to increase the valuation yeah. that's great advice thanks for sharing your exit insights with us today andre thank you Darren. <laughs>